This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It is the beginning of the greatest month of the year. March is here. Playoff races are tightening. College hoops tournaments are here. The NCAA tournament is coming in a couple weeks. My birthday's in 29 days. Ah, I love it. It's getting nicer outside. Love it, man. Hoops is here to stay. And boy, are things getting really, really crazy now that we have a lot of shuffling in the standings, as per usual in the West. Got a red-hot Knicks team just climbing the board in the East. The Bucks are on a 16-game winning streak, and nobody cares. Lots going on. Lots going on, guys. What's up? Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz, another edition of Keeping It at 94 on the BasketballNews.com podcast network. Very, very happy. I, I consider March my green month. It's just very fun. And it's going to be my golden year, too. Now, we're going to get to that when that time comes on the pod, of course. Got to celebrate 31 on 31. But uh, basketball, this time of year, nothing like it. When you said it was the best month of the year, I I thought that Santa Claus was going to get involved somehow, but I guess that's the only thing that would make it better at this point. I didn't say most wonderful time of the year. I said it's the best month of the year. That's true. You did. (laughs) But really, though, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, kind of on our hands now. There are, you know, shuffling of the standings that that I mentioned, like all of a sudden you see the thunder dropping out of the play in. Um, you know, field and you have the the Lakers getting above that with the win over the Thunder on Wednesday. Uh, Portland lost to the Pelicans in a pivotal head to head matchup um, as well. And, you know, that was, you know, one that the Pelicans desperately needed just to get off the schneid. You have a team like Toronto, who's won eight out of 10 in the East uh, behind a lot of, you know, really good, solid defense. The offense could be a little better, and I'm sure we'll get into that too. Um, The Pacers are even playing better ball these days because Tyrese Halliburton's back, and uh, you know they're you know trying to make a push forward as teams like you know Brooklyn start to slide. Uh, But for the most part, we're pretty sure what teams are going to be in the postseason. The play-in's another story, Um, but it's interesting because you know a lot of those six through you know eight, six through nines. 
they're starting to get a little bit more um, pressure on them. Absolutely. I mean, this is where the pressure is coming because if you're still in the hunt for that, for the most part, it's not a team that's sitting there going, well, we're still going to try to, you know, drop out a little bit. Like you can look at the Utah Jazz who've been hanging around all season long. They make that mm-hmm. trade at the deadline. They lose a couple pieces. And guess what? They're still pretty good. There's just, yep. you know, one game below 500. They're hanging around there. Uh, the Trailblazers are trying to get in there because Damian Lillard has gone bonkers scoring the basketball. Um, Shout out Cam Reddish. Yeah, I mean, so they, they've been going nuts. Uh, you know, the Thunder, they're starting to drop back, like you said, but, you know, they, they're still trying. I mean, it, it hurts that they've lost SGA lately with an injury, and then he's in safety and protocol. So, an abdominal injury. And then they just announced that Kenrich Williams is out with a left wrist injury, and he has to have surgery on it, and it's a ligament that I've never heard of before. Sucks. <laughs> And now, you now, know, now the you know the 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 dang mouth breathers are going to come out of nowhere. Oh, they're tanking again. I, I have, yeah. I have one. I have one response for that. I understand they have a reputation. However, if you think that they would hold Shea Gilgis Alexander out from possible bonuses by making an All NBA team, by also not giving their guys more experience by getting into a play-in or playoff situation, then you are completely off your rocker. That's my. I only, think that anybody that wants to talk about conspiracy theory with him, I think people question like, "Oh, it's this time of the year and he's banged up." But then when he went into safety and protocol, I was like, "I think we can shut that argument down." Okay, because that, yeah, that's a I, whole I, other I, thing. People are- Again, people are off their rocker, dude. Like, he played in an overtime game in the first game after the All-Star break, and they lost. It's okay. Losses happen. Not everything has to be a damn narrative or conspiracy theory. They lost in Utah in their first game back from the All-Star break. And then they played the Suns and the Kings twice. Like, that's not an easy schedule, guys. (laughs) Like, it's okay. It's okay. I don't think there's a a lot of teams that are in the East that are really, Shout out Jalen Williams, though trying to drop out, you know, like you said, like the Raptors, they've kind of turned it around a little bit here in the second half, you know, now, you know, they're in a pretty good spot for the plan. You know, the wizards are hanging around. The bulls are kind of hanging around. The Pacers starting to play a little bit better, you know, so I don't believe a damn damn bit in the bulls. (laughs) I I don't either, but, and and the Pacers, the Pacers got in too much of a hole with that month. They miss Halliburton. That's what really hurt them. So it's, it's almost a little bit too, little too late but they're they're trying but you know they're even two games out of the 10 seed which at this point could be kind of tough i mean it's to me it's more in the east especially about jockeying on what position you're going to be in like are you going to be in the plan or are you going to be in the playoffs and if you're in the playoffs can you even move up because the knicks are red hot they've won seven in a row jalen brunson is killing it they're beating quality teams, and now they're knocking on the doorstep of the four seed. Yep. That's the Josh Hart effect, folks. <laughs> but seriously, uh, Josh Hart, Emmanuel quickly are the guys that we need to give credit to. Just incredible, incredible job um, for them, the way that they've stepped up um, and, and really invigorated this bench. Isaiah Hartenstein, the same thing, man. Uh, just t- together, they have made for such uh, you know a cohesive unit and I, I have one more thing to say, too, um, that kind of got into this on our Slack channel. 
uh, between a conversation of me and Alex and Scott. But isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how quickly a fan or a media personality will jump ship because of one bad year? And I'm referring to Julius Randle. Here's the thing, too. Julius Randle was in a role not meant for Julius Randle. He was being asked to be the primary playmaker. He did not have a point guard. He was not supposed to be something. You don't put somebody who's as aggressive and as big-bodied of a player as Julius Randle and make him your point forward. That's simply not what Julius Randle is. Julius Randle is somebody who is going to put his shoulder into you and make sure he gets to the cup. He is going to get to the paint and use his array of moves and strength to just overpower you. He's doing the same thing this year as he did the the second year that he was in New York, and he looks great. And, you know, credit that to Julius himself because he's put in a lot of work, and he's also, you know, striping it from long distance right now near uh, 35% on a career-high volume of eight a game, which is insane. Uh, That's a lot of three-pointers, and that's why he was in the three-point contest, I guess. Uh, But, you know, credit to him because he's really been working on that jump shot. But he's also getting the shots created for him more often than not. Not saying he can't do it himself. But when he has that load taken off of him, he's able to get inside, get to the free-throw line, open up the floor for himself um, on the three-point uh, perimeter and and go to work as a scorer and hit the glass. This is what he's meant to do. But because he was in a bad role last season, you just had to jump ship. Nah, nah, trade him. His trade value is dead. He's not, he's not going anywhere. He, he's not doing anything for this team. We don't need Julius Randle. Fickle, 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 fickle people. Fickle. He wasn't a bad role last year because there's too much of uh, him being in a role of having to handle the ball, of being like a point forward. And it's amazing how much just one person can change that and bring in Jalen Brunson. Because Brunson has taken over those duties as he should because he is the point guard and allowed Julius to get back to what he is best at doing. And on top of that, Jalen Brunson has become such a great scorer there that – you know, it takes some pressure off him, so you can't double Randall as much. You can't pay as you much. You got to worry about someone else on the floor. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, you look at that team, and you know how hard they're playing right now. Um, typically, they're going to anyway for Tibbs, but like since the second half of the season, or even just before it, or I mean, before the trade deadline, they've really found something. They put it together. Um, the Josh Hart addition has been incredible for them. He's closing out games for them right now. He's exactly the kind of guy that they needed because he's a hustle guy who can hit threes. This dude's six foot four. Play a make. He's he's averaging like seven Fields, rebounds a game. Blocks. Yeah, he does it all. He's 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 the jack of all trades type of player that's going to give your team the juice that it needs when it needs a lift. You could do that either in the starting lineup or off the bench, but off the bench it works so well because it kind of hits teams out of nowhere in a way. And it helps too. That he's a Villanova guy. Just like Jalen Brunson. They That's know why Jalen was so excited, you know, when they made the trade for him. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, look at the look at this the wins that they've gotten in this win streak. They beat the Jazz at home. They beat the Nets at home. 
They won in Atlanta. They won in Washington. They won at home against the Pelicans. They beat the Celtics at home. They beat the Nets at home. And by the way, all of these wins, um, except for the Jazz and the Wizards, have been double-digit wins. I mean, they're on a they good roll. They're on a good roll, they, man. They beat the Celtics by 15. They beat the Nets the other night by 24. Uh, they beat the Nets previous that by 18. They went to Atlanta and they won by 21. I mean, and by the yeah. way, not only have they won seven in a row, they've won eight of nine. I mean, they lost to the Sixers, but before that, they beat the Sixers and the Magic. So yep. they've put something together. They've got quality wins. And like I said, you know, they're they're the five seed right now. They're only a game and a half back at the Cavs for the four seed. And don't don't forget too, like two and a half games back of the three seed. If you really yes. want to go that far, now now think about this though, Bri. So Mitchell Robinson misses a month, uh, late January all the way up until the All Star break. Comes back, he is averaging a double double. He has missed one shot to that point. <laughs> he is playing really good defense and getting offensive rebounds. That's pretty big piece to have back. Like absolutely, that's 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 pretty absurd that he's missed one shot because he's taken overall he's taken, let's do the math, twenty two shots, so he's twenty one to twenty two from the field in those four games. I think you know now that they've gotten healthier, I think they figured out the roles for everybody, especially for the role players, a lot better. Like you know the first half of the season, I don't think they knew how to use Hartenstein. They've kind of figured that out. They figured out how to use Toppin. Um, quickly, quickly, quickly. Dude, the 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 float gang is is incredible. Uh he is just a speedster like no other. He is he he works perfectly beside Hart, especially in transition. But they're a deep team now. When you look at that and you look at their role players, things fit. And mm-hmm. you know, plus on top of that, Brunson is just playing. You know, an incredible level. That dude's got a chip on his shoulder because he didn't make the all-star game. Point blank. You know, he's he's typically has a a chip on his shoulder anyway, but now he really has a reason for it. And look at what they're doing on the court. I mean, they're, they are balling out. They are winning games and they are showing that they are a real threat, you know, when it comes to what kind of damage they could possibly do in the playoffs. I mean, how many times have we talked about, rightfully so, the Bucks and the Celtics are the class of the NBA, they're definitely the class of the Eastern Conference. You can sit. No, no one talks about, about the Bucks as being a class of the NBA because no one talks about them. Hmm. But Philly, you know, being <laughs> a good team, people kind of talk about the Cavs. Maybe they're not ready yet, but they've been good. But I think you have to start talking about the Knicks in that equation as well. Yeah, they. I mean, they're definitely earning it, and uh, I, I can definitely say that they have more depth than. Cleveland currently has so it wouldn't surprise me if they usurped them for the fourth spot uh Cleveland would not want that to happen it'd be basically another second half of the season kind of collapse like it happened last year um I'd get more into the Cavs because they played Boston uh last night but uh just to put a bow on the Knicks yeah it's fun man I love watching it um their guys are still playing a hell of a minute load but but Tibbs is finding some good rotations to kind of accentuate each other's skills, um, so to speak. And uh, he's been to this Rodeo before. He's been to the playoffs. You know, like the 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 experience that the coach has, I think, is really important too. Um, but 
you know, he's given the brunt of the minutes to Brunson and Randall and finding some good mixtures uh, beside him. So, uh, you know, credit to, to the Knicks, all the credit in the world. And, um, you know, it's been a while since they've, you know, put a hurting uh, on a team like Brooklyn the way they did um, yesterday. And they, I mean, they scored 142. Yeah. Like that, that yeah, they, you know, it had to feel good, especially knowing Brooklyn was kind of the team on top for the last, I don't know, three, three years or so. So right. that had to feel good for them to, to do that to their crosstown rival. Since you kind of mentioned it, spend you a, a good couple of minutes ranting about the Milwaukee Bucks. Get it out of your please, system. Please. Purge it can, from can, yourself. Can we please? Like, are we bored? Are we bored? This team is a juggernaut, a juggernaut of an offense. All they do is hit threes, guys. They're blazing them. And when they're not hitting threes, you got a locomotive coming through in the paint just waiting to baptize you. It's, it's, it, it, can you explain to me? I understand they won the championship. But I just, I don't understand how this doesn't get discussed because they're, they're literally just knocking down everything. They are a three point machine. They had 26 against the magic yesterday. 26. Everybody on that damn team can shoot pretty much. Grayson Allen, Brooke Lopez, Joe Ingles, the recently added Jay Crowder. A.J. Green, the two-way guy, is getting minutes. It's just, it's, it's mind-boggling to me how this team that's on a, tw- a 16-game winning streak and, like you said, has not lost since late January doesn't get the pub. Oh, they need a superstar. No, they have one. They have one. He's probably the best player in the league as far as being a force goes. Oh, he's got no skill. Lose me with it. Lose me with it. And they have one you of the best Drew players having, in the league. Drew, Drew Holiday yeah. having a damn career year. And when Giannis was out, was just carrying the offensive load on his shoulders. Chris Middleton isn't even healthy yet. They add Jay Crowder at the trade deadline. Joe Ingles is a perfect compliment off the bench. Javon Carter is perfect in situations when they need defense and pull-ups. You have Wesley Matthews as like your fourth guard. Bobby Portis was a six-man-of-the-year candidate at the beginning of the year. Grayson Allen, for all of his antics, is still a pretty damn good rotational player who can knock down threes at a 40% clip over his career. Why does no one care? And I asked this in November, and I asked this in December, in January, and February, and now I'm asking it in March. I will not rehash the reasons why they do not get the kind of attention that they should. They're the number one team in the league. But people better start talking about them because they are the number one team in the league. Going into the season, I think we, I know I picked them to win the championship. A lot of people picked them to win a championship. Look at the way that they're playing right now. They kind of meandered through first half of the season a little longer. I mean, they were winning games, either the best, second best record in the in the Eastern Conference. But they've turned it on now. They've said, okay, let's get down to business. Let's get to work here. 
And and they've done this despite having to go through a myriad of injuries. You talk about Chris Middleton, you know, missed a lot of time and he still isn't hundred percent healthy. He's played well at moments, but he's still not all the way there yet. They've missed games from Drew Holiday due to illness more than anything. Uh, Giannis has been a little bit banged up here and there. Luckily, it wasn't worse. We we were really afraid about the wrist injury he suffered right before the All-Star game. But they've gone through a lot of different things. But they're a team that's been together for a while, that's built up chemistry. They know how to play. They know their roles. And even when they bring in some other, you know, pieces, like you said, they bring in a Jay Crowder. He fits in perfectly to what they need. They bring in a Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles has kind of worked his way back into shape and everything getting back on the court from his injury. But now, more than halfway through the season, he's done that. He's in shape. He's got his feel back. He's fit that role that they need, what they need him to do. This is the way they have. They have a system. It works. It works. They know these are the three main cogs. Everybody around that. Hit your threes. Don't turn the ball over. Play good defense, you know, and and make make the right passes. Just make the smart plays. Nothing flashy. Nothing special. Don't overplay what you need to do. Play within yourself. Make the smart moves. That's it. And that's what this team does time and time and time again. And they have one of the best players on the entire planet, you know, to to lead everything that they do. And but but. The thing that confuses me, though, Brian, is it's it's fun basketball. It's really like high paced, high energy, three after three, almost Golden State esque in the way that I'm not going to go as far as what their their dynasty is. I'm not going there, but I'm saying stylistically, they are a fun team with a football player playing basketball who happens to have two NBM two MVPs and he's ridiculously good. Like I. I I don't see where the lack of appeal is when it comes to talking about Milwaukee, especially because you can't question it anymore. They won a championship. They did it. So I don't get it. I don't get Here's how the thing, though. they're not. Are they not a threat in people's eyes? I, I, don't, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Here, here's, the, here's the thing, though. I'll, I'll say about it. The Bucks love it that nobody talks about them. They oh, they love have it. To. They have to. Dude, Giannis has even said it. This is like, they don't care. They just, they put the hard hat on and they go to work. That's it. Yeah. You know, no, they, they, and, they, and that's really probably they, good for the, the locker room and everything. Absolutely, man. They've got a blue collar mentality. They go out there, time to go to work. Let's punch the clock and let's do our thing. And that's what they do night in, night out. 100%, man. 100%. There's another one seed that's getting kind of disrespected. However, they do not have the track record that the Bucks have. It's the Nuggets on the other side of the coin. Saw them last week come into Cleveland. Really, really fun game. Closing situation was was just superb. Cavs were doubling Jokic towards the end. A lot of swing swings, finding Michael Porter Jr. open for three. KCP knocking some big shots down. They've got a hell of a roster, too. And I love their head coach. I think their head coach has a great approach. But it seems like the Nuggets are kind of taking on that, not saying this is, again, I'm not saying this is stylistically the same team, but like just narrative-wise, I feel like this Nuggets team is taking on that same moniker as the Jazz a couple years ago, or a year ago, whatever it was when they were the one seed. Nah, we don't got to worry about them. 
Like, do do you, are you getting the same ideas too? Because Nicole Jokic has been in headlines for the completely wrong reasons and by no fault of his own as of late because of MVP arguments and European players, uh, this, that. I'm not going to get into it because it's a waste of breath, but extremely disrespectful to what he's been doing. Um, I do like that he clapped back at somebody and said that 100 triple doubles uh, must be stat padding, huh? That was a great comment. I loved it. And uh, it's a good, subtle way to tell someone to shut the hell up. Um, And they are. They're playing tremendous basketball. Michael Porter Jr., you know, he's been going through a lot personally this year. Um, And he has been just so, so on point since he's come back, especially through all the three back surgeries and all this other stuff. He's been nothing but the perfect role player just waiting in the wings, shooting you know, 10, 11 threes a game um, and just waiting for the right moments to attack. Jamal Murray starting to really look like himself again uh, physically, um, playing the two-man game with with Joker. Aaron Gordon, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully he gets healthy um, because he really was coming into his own and knowing what his responsibilities were. You know, you have a, a you know, you pretty much have a better bench. Um, you know, yeah, you, you bring in Reggie Jackson, uh, somebody who's you know a proven competitor in the playoffs when from his time with the Clippers after they lost Bones Highland, as we know. Um, Thomas Bryant, someone who could come in and spell Jokic for like ten minutes, you know, like and you know about Thomas Bryant as a Laker fan, so you know those are some pretty you know high quality moves. Love Bruce Brown, you know he is also a postseason competitor, so it's a good roster. I'm not as sold on them as I am Milwaukee. Don't get me wrong. Um, but what is, what is your view of them? Because they're the number one seed and they're going to have a lot of teams trying to come after them here at the end of the season because the, you know, the West, it's it's really tight, as we mentioned, but they have a significant gap, probably the biggest gap uh, of, of any of the, the teams is for, you know, that top portion of, of the uh, NBA. Yeah, I mean, they have a five-game lead over the Grizzlies, you know, for the top spot in the West. I would disagree from the standpoint of, are they getting enough attention? I think they are because somebody's got to come out of the West. So when everybody looks at the Western conference and they see all the parody that's there, they're the team. I think that gets talked about the most and rightfully so because they are Mm -hmm. on the top because they have Jokic. And I think people are recognizing that, you know, Murray is playing better basketball as well. So that's going to help them. Uh, You know, the way that that bench is kind of put together. I mean, Jokic is a two-time MVP. He's on his way to winning a third one in a row. And the Nuggets are far and away the best team in the Western Conference. And I think when you look at the other teams in the West, like I said, someone's going to come out of the West. People are going to start talking a lot more about the Phoenix Suns, and rightfully so, because they got hey, Kevin I'm, Durant. I'm wondering how we didn't hit on that yet. <laughs> yeah, because they got Kevin Durant, and he scored, what was, what did he score, 25 points? 23. In 23. Yeah, yeah, 23, 23 in like 24 minutes or something. So 35 yeah. or 36. Yeah, right. So, I mean, people are going to start talking about the Suns and let's see how this goes. That was KD's first game. Great to see him back in the court. Let's see how this all works. And, you know, I think the other team that anybody wants to talk about in the West as possibly having a chance outside of those two teams are the Warriors. And it's still kind of this wait and see mentality of, you know, can they stay healthy? Can they get Steph back on the court? Steph's had two major injuries so far this year. He's supposed to come back sometime next week on their upcoming road trip. You know, Wiggins has been dealing with like some family matters, some personal matters that have kept him out of some games. He's also you know, been Draymond sick Green, a lot too. 
Yes. Yeah. You know, Draymond just avoided a major injury, it looked like. So they've gone through a lot of stuff themselves, but even through all of that, they're two games over 500. Doesn't sound like much, but in the Western Conference, that's the five seed right now. And I mean, they're tied yeah, with the Clippers. That wild? <laughs> that's it's incredible. I mean, they're tied with the Clippers when it comes so to percentage-wise. I mean, the Warriors have one less loss because of how many games they've each played, but the Warriors have won three in a row. Clippers have lost three in a row. So, I mean, and the Clippers, or I mean, the the Warriors are a game and a half back of the Suns, but they're also, you know, a game and a half back of being in the 10 seat. <laughs> so that that's where they're at right now. That's it, weird. It's wild. It is. It's it's stupid, weird, stupid, wild. We could literally go through all these teams, and I can tell oh, you. Oh, I'm going you know, to. I'm going to do this real quick. Let, let, let me yeah. go through this real quick. This is how stupid the West is right now. We could take the Nuggets, the Grizz, and the Kings out. Okay? Yes. The Suns are the four seed, 34 and 29. A game and a half back of them, Warriors and Clippers. A half back of that in the seven seed are the Dallas Mavericks. A half game back of them are the Timberwolves, who are at 500, okay? The ninth seed is the Utah Jazz. They're only a half game back of Minnesota. The Pelicans are right there, just a half game back of the T-Wolves. They're uh, in the 10th seed. The Lakers are in the 11th seed, and they're only a game back of the 10th seed. But this is how you really want to break it down, though. The Lakers are the 11th seed, okay? They're two and a half games out of the five seed right now. The Pelicans are the 10 seed. They are only a game and a half back of the five seed. Like the Lakers are only two games out of the seven seed, not just getting in the, I mean, that would be a play-in spot, but the four teams in the play-in spots right now in the West are separated by one game. That's one. That's nuts. And they're all, and outside of that, I mean, the 10 seed and the five seed are separated by one and a half games. What? Yeah. With what? 20 games left? 20 and change? Little Something like that. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know math was going to be a part of this, but apparently it is. And then you're going to have to go down. The way that the West is shaking out this year, you're going to have to look at tiebreakers, man. Like, because oh. like, it's going to come down to that. And then you're going to see where the regular season does matter. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to get into a so tiebreaker situation because it's it's an absolute yep. mess when it comes down to that. But here's the thing, too, when you look at the West and the way things are kind of shaping out right now. I think the Warriors, they've won three in a row. Steph is about to come back. I think they're finally on the upswing. I'm not saying they totally turned things around, but they're on the upswing. Look at the way that Klay Thompson shot threes the last two months. Mm-hmm. He's shooting He's been him. over 40% from three-point range. The yep. Clippers have lost three in a row. I don't think anybody can really put their finger on it. Maybe it, it's weird stop, to say this. Stop. No, no, stop. no, no, no. I'm not going to go where you think. Maybe they're too deep. And this is something we've talked about before. And it's just trying to figure out the right players, the right moment, and everything like that. But Kawhi Lots has looked great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kawhi has looked great, though. He's back to being Kawhi. The Mavericks still trying to figure themselves out following the trade. They don't play any defense. They don't have anybody that can't play defense trade. I think one and four they've gone and they just lost recently to the Pacers. I think it was. And Kyrie took the last shot 
Step Back 3. Just came right. up a little short. That's yes. right. Yeah. And then the T-Wolves, they still don't have Cat back. They keep saying he's going to come back. I'm not sure if he's going to come back. Gobert's been missing time. Anthony Edwards has had to carry a lot on his shoulders, and he's still kind of getting used he's to been that. Re- he's played such a mature game this yeah. year. Jaden McDaniels, I think, uh, really deserves a lot of, of credit, too. Yeah. But, I mean, they're they're hanging around the Jazz. Yeah. Like I mentioned before, they made the trade at the deadline. They're still hanging around. Lori Martin is the other great. night. <laughs> you know, the Pelicans trying to hang around. You know, Brandon Ingram with a 40-point game, but I don't think we're getting Zion back. And if they don't get Zion back, they're in a lot of trouble. Sure. It's a it's it's a topsy-turvy, man. It's a topsy-turvy. It's, it's an absolute mess. And then the Lakers are sitting there just – fighting and clawing, trying to get into the playing tournament, just trying to even get into that. I mean, they keep saying our goal is the sixth seed. Good luck with that. I mean, yeah, yeah you're only two and a half back, but so LeBron's out, suffered the right foot injury. And just before we started recording, they said it's a tendon injury. He does not need surgery. It's all about rest and everything, but he's not going to be reevaluated for three weeks. There's only five weeks left in the season. Go and get it, boys. <laughs> that's 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 what that but says to me. They've missed D'Angelo Russell the last couple Hopefully of games. AD it looks can like come back. Yeah. Well, it looks like D'Lo is going to be back on Friday. Anthony Davis was a surprise on the injury list, and a lot of people were totally flummoxed by this because the Lakers lose to the Grizzlies. They're playing a back to back. They're going to play the Thunder the next night, and Darvin Ham's like. We've been telling everybody is available. You know, obviously LeBron's not, but everybody else is going to be available, blah, blah, blah. The next morning, Anthony Davis out. And it's not like a leg injury because he fell weird the night before. It's not a wrist injury because during the Grizzlies game, he had to get that taped and something was going on. They said it was his foot injury that he missed, you know, a month earlier in the season for. And... Then Darvin Ham says after the game, like, yeah, this is something we planned. Like, AD was pissed. He wanted to play, but this is something that we had planned. He was going to take the night off. I'm like, wait a second. Didn't you just say everybody was going to be available? Plus, on top of that, the Thunder game was more important than the Grizzlies game because they're close to you in the standings. So why the hell didn't you play in the Thunder game? But the Lakers still beat the Thunder even without LeBron, AD, and D'Lo. Mind you, the Thunder did not have SGA, but they won. They had to win that game. You know, so I know they said that AD is going to be reevaluated before he can get back in the court. I don't even know what that mess is about, but I would expect him to play Friday against the Timberwolves. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to be back Friday. The Lakers have a five-game homestand. Yeah, they've got a five-game homestand coming up here. And... They need to go at least four and one. I mean, they play the they Knicks. They got good they vibes, the Raptors, man. They got good vibes. They I, do I have good vibes. Them, man. They do. But it's just about being healthy. I mean, just when they started to get those good vibes, because, I mean, they came back from 27 down to beat Dallas. 27 And you wrote down. an article about it. And then oh, yeah. the anvil dropped. Of course, because LeBron okay, he was injured. And that's the way that things go, you know? Timing is always, um, uh, <laughs> timing can be against you when you write something sometimes like that. So it happened, but I mean, just, I mean, they're starting to play better and everybody's like, wow, what a smart trade. They, 
Jared Vanderbilt, what a steal. Beasley is opening up so much spacing for them. James Russell, you know, he's helping a little bit, you know. Uh, Rui's helping a little bit. I mean, they made some really smart moves. Look at the way they revamped this team. Maybe they got something going here. Oh, Anthony Davis is starting to play better. How about that? And LeBron continues to play at a high level. It's like, whoa, whoa, look out for the Lakers, man. They get in the playoffs. They can do some damage. And down goes LeBron. It's just like that. Mm-hmm. So they trampled to the ground, you know. And, I mean, it's to no fault of LeBron. I mean, it looks like this is an injury he actually suffered in January. He's been playing through it. And then it flared up in this game, you know, over the weekend against the Mavericks. The guy is 38 years old. He's played more minutes than any other NBA player in the history of the game. Okay? Injuries are going to happen, unfortunately. And they're happening at a horrible time for this team. But they just have to find a way with this roster and say, suck it up. We got to find a way to win if we want to get into the plan. And Anthony Davis has got to play. He's got to play at a great level. Everybody else has to play well. And they have to move up in the standings and keep their fingers crossed that LeBron's feeling better after a few weeks and he can return. Because if they do not move up in the standings, he will not come back this year. He just will not. They will not push that. But... If they move up and they know they're going to at least be in the plan or probably seven, eight seed, or if by the miracle of all miracles, they somehow get into the playoffs, LeBron will come back. He does not need surgery. So if that happens, he will push it. He will come back. I don't know if that's a smart move or not. And who knows how much it's recovered by then, because it sounds like this is just something that it needs recovery. There's nothing else you can do other than maybe like some, you know, electrostimulant therapy, whatever they got going on, but it's rest. It needs rest. And there's no point in pushing it if the team is out of it or teetering on falling out. There's there's no point. Yeah, you would start having to build towards next season. So you want me to to, to tell you how I feel about each of these five Please. through what is it? Five through eleven. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, by the way, get, I apologize, yeah. everybody. I'm trying not to choke to death because I've had this lingering cough for the last two weeks <laughs> that I just can't get rid of, and it flares up when I talk. So, just like the timing <laughs> of the articles, see, they're it in is. tune, they're in sync. It's like, wait, I got to do a podcast and I have a cough. Oh. <laughs> I implore any of the audience to try and do that. It is a very difficult task. I will say, I've done it too before, and it's not fun. Especially when you have like congestion, but more to the point, um, let's actually start at four instead of five because we do have to hit on Katie's debut. I thought he looked great. You know, he missed his first couple and then he started just stroking the rest of the mid rangers, uh, making himself available, creating his own shots, shooting over the top. He's the best mid range shooter in the game today. And, uh, he was able to do so like that. I think he hit a couple trays too defensively, I thought he was something different for the the Suns, man. He came over on help defense a number of times for a couple of blocks. Um, you're obviously going to see them use him for switches. I thought Nikias Duncan had great question for, for KD and Monty Williams about KD's, um, you know, usage on the defensive end uh, in the future. It's obviously only been one game, but um, it was a really cool exchange. I, I encourage you guys to check that out on Twitter, but uh, yeah, KD overall thought it was a really healthy debut. I loved, you know, what he said. Um, he even talked about how he was nervous. It was like, I played a lot of games, but I'll admit I was nervous coming into this one. 
because he wants to prove that he's still that championship level guy. He has championship level habits and he wants to pass those on to the rest of his teammates. So, um, you know, KD comes in, gives him that. But but Phoenix, I can see Phoenix getting up as high as the two seed um, with this because I like what they've, you know, everyone talks about the depth they lost, right? And yeah, it's a big deal, but you know, you bring in Terrence Ross off the biomark. I know he didn't play yesterday, but um, you still have guys, you know, like Campaign, um, you know, Tory Craig. Uh, God, in, he's in the starting lineup now. But Josh Akogi, holy hell, how what a what a month he's had uh, on both ends of the floor. Just a really big spark plug. Um, and then I'm interested to see if they try out Darius Baisley because. Um, he he's definitely more of a probably a a project for their liking at the moment. Um, but again, going back to the to the death point too, Jock Landale got to give this guy some credit, man. He's he's come in and given a spell to DeAndre that you know pretty much all year. If I, if I'll be frank about it, like he's been a really solid piece, and he knows uh, how to play the game. You know, Aussie guy came over uh, from that you know, league and, and has given them a real boost, uh, against backup bigs, um, in the right matchups. So got to give Jock Landel a lot of credit too. So I think their, their roster overall, like when we first saw it, you're like, ah, who's going to get these minutes. But I mean, if you're going to play small, you know, I didn't even mention TJ Warren's coming off the bench too. Like they've got enough. They, they if you're going to play eight, nine guys in the playoffs, they've definitely got enough. And, yeah, they, Maybe they got Landry Shamit as well, you know. I mean, yeah. Shamit's nothing special, obviously, but, I mean, he fills a role. But, I mean, if you think they're going to be able to jump up, I think that's going to be tough, though, because they're three games back of the Kings. The Kings are still playing really good basketball. I mean, obviously, they don't play defense, but, I mean, they're putting up almost 121 points per game. They've won four in a row. I'm not you know, going they're, against they're, my beam team. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Come on now. I'm not going against. I'm not going against them. I have so you all think- the respect and love for for my Kangs. Don't forget. Hey, well, and you know what? Last time we recorded this, I don't think it happened yet, but them and the Clippers, 176 oh. to 175, was one of the coolest things I've ever watched. I was halfway in the tank, by the way, when I got home uh, from from the local establishments those nights, and I flipped it on, and I think it was like 135 to 134. In the fourth, or, or not in the fourth, it was uh, like the, the third quarter. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of scoring going on. And I watched throughout this whole time. I watched my guy Malik Monk go to work. Um, DeAndre or De'Aaron Fox just just killing it in clutch time. Uh, Didn't Monk score 40 watch. off the Kawhi bench? Leonard. What was that? Didn't Monk score 40 off the bench? Yeah, yeah. Malik, Malik had a game. He had a game. <laughs> Kawhi was in robot mode. PG had 30-something. It was, you know, it. You know, you see that final score and you're going to hear all the audience, oh, you know, they don't play defense in the NBA anymore. Like, th- th- this was just a fun thing to watch. Who honestly. cares, like, man? Everybody's it like, was a post-All-Star break thing. Like, didn't I the had Clippers, a lot of fun watching. I think the Clippers shot like over 60% from the field in that game. I mean, it was... Tough luck losers, by the way. Tough big luck time, losers big time. What did, that that's a tough loss, but man, what a crazy game! It's was it the second most points in NBA history? Yeah, it, it was something. It was something to behold. But it, yeah. anyways, I I never go against my beam team. You know, I love my beam team. 
Well, guess what? If uh, the Suns are going to move up, somebody's got to move out. You know that that top three and uh, I'd say the beam I, team finished three and Memphis finished four. That's my that, that that'll be my. Well, guess Memphis is. You remember? I mean, the Suns are five games back of them, and they're starting to play a little bit better. They've won three in a row. They they had their downtime there, and you know Stephen Adams is going to come back here pretty soon, which. Hey, for anybody who doesn't pay attention, this road like, trip and then upcoming schedule ain't easy though. Like, like, like Steve, just in the next like yeah. five six, you're at Denver, you're at yeah. LA twice. So like, you're at the Clippers and then you're at the Lakers. Come back home to face your favorite Warriors. Got to circle that one on the calendar. That's going to be a good one in six days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Dallas at home and then Dallas on the road and then you're at Miami. I mean, then after that, it gets a little bit easier. But at the same time, that's a very pivotal stretch for them in this in this point, especially because yeah. I'm not going to go into details about all of it, but they have some off court distractions at the moment, too, that you have to factor in. Yeah, they've got a few. But like I said, Stephen Adams is about to come back and you're you know, he's he's their glue guy. He does all the dirty work, Absolutely. he's setting screens, getting rebounds, especially on the offensive end. He's kind of the guy that helps direct everything on the court to make sure. People are in the right spot at the right time. Kind of the adult in the room, you know, if you want to say. So getting him back is going to be big for that team. And uh, we'll see what happens then. But like you said, it's a tough stretch right now that they just have to get through. And shout out, by the way, even though Stephen Adams is coming back, you got to shout out Xavier Tillman uh, for staying ready and and playing poised and playing uh, his game the way he has the last, you know, Honestly, the last couple of weeks, um, dating back to, uh, I would say dating back to the end of January, the way that he's come in and, and really given them a boost on the glass, uh, just a really heady player, uh, especially in pick and roll situations and always looking up, uh, you know, obviously I'm a little biased cause I did, you know, an article on him, but that's what, that's what the G league can do for you, man. Like you go down to the G league, stay open, stay up for the reps. Um, we know that Xavier was really highly thought of, you know, as a rookie. And then, it, you know, the next year kind of took a back seat because Brandon Clark and stuff was back and they, you know, had made some roster changes, but that's what staying ready can do, man. So, so Xavier Tillman, big ups to you, uh, my friend, big, big minutes there. Um, Desmond Bain, uh, you know, I talk about the, the bucks, how they don't get any attention. Like, I feel like Desmond Bain, uh, could literally be the next coming of Clay Thompson, <laughs> like uh, except Clay Thompson didn't dribble nearly as much as as Bain could put it on the floor and stuff. But you know, Desmond is averaging a quiet twenty two a game, shooting seven threes a night. No one really gives a damn. I don't know why, but he's really good. He's a really good player, man. Um, and uh, you know, I think having that kind of shooting talent is uh is a special thing a very special thing and then obviously you got you know jjj you got uh, i think santi aldama deserves a lot of credit the way he's played this year off the bench and, and you know, they, obviously they have tyus jones dylan brooks is he's either on or off we know that uh by now but uh they've they've got a tough gritty group they just got to keep focus at hand and like you said stephen adams you know coming back and kind of being a guiding hand in a way uh, definitely could help them. Let me ask you this fundamental question when it comes to the West. Do you think the Lakers will get into the play-in tournament or higher? And if so, which team falls out? 
<sighs> Gosh. You know, I... Is it wrong of me to still not believe in the Timberwolves? Like, I, I can't put... I do like them a little better because they brought Mike Conley in. Like, Mike Conley is definitely... He's definitely like someone they desperately needed. They needed that kind they of leader. They do, but he's not. The he's room. not playing great for him. Well, he's not scoring well. Okay, and we know that. We know Mike Conley's not great at scoring as of late, and mostly toward the tail end of his career. But he's still he's still being a table setter. He's still being that floor general though. That's going out there and diming the guys. Like that's important, especially come playoff time if they make it. Um, but I just there's something. There's something about him I'm just not not feeling. I don't know, um, especially because like I I kind of like the roster. You know, like I think Kyle Anderson also is somebody that that gets overlooked a lot, and he's a really good solid, uh, you know, role playing forward for him. And I, I think you know again I mentioned Jade McDaniel's one of my favorite players in the league. Anthony Edwards is one of my favorite players in the league. The, like because just the the sheer will to win and the way that he's able to score and. It has no fear of taking whatever shot, you know? It hurts him sometimes, but, you know, you're going to have that. Uh, let's talk about Nas Reed and how, well, one, he is going to get paid. He is going to get paid, man. Uh, this isn't your typical, you know, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, center that's going to, you know, bang in the paint. And, you know, he's obviously a, a floor stretcher. But I don't know if you've noticed and watched him lately, man. One, he's been ultra aggressive um, in putting the f- the ball on the floor and showing an array of ball handling uh, that has been just out of this world. Um, and and he's just he has been just a revelation for them. And I hope I hope once Cat comes back that his minutes don't die down because of you know too many bigs being in the room. But Nas gonna get paid. Nas gonna get paid big time yeah. this year or next year. Well. When you look at this team, they have 18 games left. 11 of them are on the road. Okay. They have two stretches of three game road trips that are coming up mid March and end of March. Those are at Chicago, at Toronto, at the Knicks, then at the Warriors, at the Kings, at the Suns. By the way, their next six games at the Lakers, at the Kings, home for the Sixers, home for the Nets. At the Hawks, home for the Celtics. I know why I don't believe in them. Because they lost to the Wizards and the Hornets at home. Yes. That's why I don't believe in them. That's okay. See, now that there it's, it it's all coming back now. It's all there coming it is. back. Because oh, I mean, and they I lost when, to the Rockets too in the mid January. Yeah. Well, I think when you look at the teams at the bottom of the plan right now, I think a lot of people naturally would say, well, it was a nice run, but the Jazz are going to fall out. I don't think they're going to because those guys just play too damn hard. The Pelicans are very talented, but they're off without Zion. And I don't know if he's coming back this year because, you know, you hear he's going to miss a month and then, oh, he had a setback now with the hamstring injury. And it, it sucks that that dude is injured again because we saw how good they were when he's healthy and playing well. And here we go again that he's injured. We don't know if he's coming back. If he does come back, how long does it take him to work his way back into shape? Is he going to be worried about, you know, that injury coming back and everything? So I don't, 
think even if he comes back, he's going to be the same, at least for a while. So the Pelicans are a team that I have to look at as well and just say, you know, as much talent as they have, they're off without Zion. And I mean, they had a great win last night against the Blazers, but at least they got shooters. They, they do, but man, they, they're, there's something wrong with that team without Zion there. And they just kind of been hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And you think like, well, they got enough talent. They should be better, but they're not playing better. They're just not. Yeah. And they, they, you know, they're kind of going for that, uh, you know, that, that easy switch solution. You know, they go out and get Josh Richardson. He's come in and not been able to shoot the three very well. He's been playing okay, but um, you know, he's been getting the fouls, you know, some foul trouble too. So, uh, you know, hopefully like a guy like Najee Marshall, who had a tremendous um, end of, you know, you know, mid-February, late January stretch um, can do, you know, what he was doing in January, in February uh, to help them on this this run. I think he had a really good game against Portland, too. Um, you know, doesn't have the sexiest uh, of of stat lines, so to speak, because obviously the the ball's going to, to Brandon Ingram. The ball's going to CJ McCollum, but um, Najee with big 27 minutes last night. Uh, Trey Murphy's got to play. You know, he played 30 plus minutes um, and was, you know, he didn't make that many of them, but he made some that counted. He took 10 threes. You know, they're going to need him to get back to that kind of get on the floor and shoot, shoot, kid, shoot. That's what you're here for. Um, you know, those, those are some things I look for with them. Uh, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm glad to see Kyra Lewis getting minutes, by the way, because, you know, he'd kind of fallen out of order with all the, you know, guards that they had come in. But Kyra Lewis has been getting some minutes at least um, since the, since February. I mean, they've been spotty here and there, but uh, it's cool to see him back on the floor. Would like to see more Dyson Daniels just because of the way that he's able to defend. Um, but, uh, he's been pretty much, you know, not in the same amount of, of minutes class as he was nearly, um, from, from the winter time. So, you know, I feel like Willie Green's kind of, uh, scratching a little bit and trying to find the right combinations that work, right guys that work. Um, you know, that that's, it, it's a tough job as a coach to do on the fly too. When you get guys going in and out, in and out, um, uh, it's tough. It's a tough job. So it is, you know, hopefully they can find it and that'll be nice. But you know, you know, Larry Nance jr. Has got to get healthy too. You understand that. So they've been, you know, scratching and clawing, trying to stay in there. But I believe here, let, let me say that I believe in the Pelicans more than I do in the wolves. I believe in the Pelicans more than I do than the jazz. Um, Portland, LA for me is a toss up, man. I can't. <laughs> Portland is just weird. Damien goes off for 71 last week. You know, it was a fun game. He's having just he a could ridiculous. Have had, I, he could have had more. He could have had a lot more. When he came he, out in the second half, he was, he was deferring a lot, which is great for him. And then he turned it back on. I don't, I don't know what to believe. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to believe because you know for all intents and purposes that was a bad loss for them yesterday against the Pelicans who were shorthanded. Yeah. It was a bad loss in Golden State the night before because they were up by 22 in the first half 
So that's a bad loss for me. Um, I don't know. I don't know about Portland. They're just kind of, and they're they're going on a gigantic East Coast road trip here coming up with mostly competitive opponents. So their next six, starting Friday, at Atlanta, at Orlando, at Detroit, at Boston, at Philly, and then you end against the Pelicans at New Orleans. So another pivotal stretch for that team, uh, but I don't think I'm a believer. Just yeah. flat, flat out saying I don't think I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Oklahoma City as long as Shea's there. Like, Shea just needs to get back a healthy. But if he's out for, like, a significant period, then they're unfortunately eliminated by default. And the Clippers, you know, like, that's the last team I'm going to hit on because I don't think we really have to dive into Dallas. We just know they just can't play D right now. Hopefully, Maxi Kleba, you know, helps out with that. And I think Reggie Bullock's been pretty good on that end, too. But um, Clippers, they need to play Terrence Mann. And like you said, it might be a problem where they have too much talent on the team. But uh, you got to find ways to get Terrence Mann playing alongside Paul George and Kawhi because it just worked together. There was a good synergy, and now you've kind of messed with that synergy that got you on that winning track there um, towards the end of January and mid-February. I feel like that part, you can't. They've been yanking him around the whole year. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a little bit perturbed by it. And, you know, like a lot of the young guys on that team have had their their chains yanked a little bit. So I'm not sure. Before we get out of here, let me mention something about um, postseason awards or, or regular oh. season awards. Because mm-hmm. we have some new updated odds. I don't have the odds for every player in every candidate uh, every category but every nba player award has at least a minus 200 or greater favorite right now mm-hmm. mvp Jokic minus 350 pretty good number right there rookie of the year paul bancaro minus 1400 in other words he's a lock most improved player Lori Markkinen, minus 250. Sixth man, Malcolm Brogdon is minus 220. Defensive player of the year at minus 200, Jaron Jackson Jr. Doesn't mean you can write all of those in pen, but uh, there's starting to be some separation in uh, all of the awards when it comes to um, places to, uh, to bet on them. And those people kind of know some stuff, typically. Paulo is not surprising. Jokic is not surprising at all. I don't, I don't even know which one of those really would change. Like, if you, if you thought one of those is off, I wonder which one it would be. Because to me, most improved, Laurie makes a lot of sense. Six man, I'm not even sure who else it would be outside of Malcolm, quite honestly. Yeah. And then maybe it's defensive player of the year. Maybe you could think of somebody else for that. Malcolm, uh, six man of the year. I'm not sure. By the way, this is a good time too to tease that Nikias Duncan did a comprehensive four thousand word essay on the uh, the awards and uh, what his picks are. Um, you're not going to find a better one <laughs> across the internet, I promise you. So uh, make sure you you visit that. He did 
MVP, he did DPOY, MIP, six man, rookie of the year, and he picked the all NBA teams. So, uh, and all, and all defensive teams different? and all rookie teams. You said Let's you want to see if his do? Let's see. Jokic, Interesting. he has him. Defensive player of the year, Triple J, he has him. Uh, rookie of the year, he has Paolo Bancaro. So we were three for three there. Sixth man, he has Malcolm Brogdon. Sound familiar? Right on there. Most improved, Lori Markkinen. That's a five for five. And we don't have the other one. Oh, what, NBA. Uh, what, coach of the year or something? No, what was the other one? It was, uh, no, it was, all, it was, those were just five. It was just five. I'm sorry. So, so he has five, all of five, five of those. With, the, with the books. Okay. Yep. Five of five. And with by the, the books. way, by the way, he did a thorough job explaining his positioning and for the guys that are in the hunt for those awards. So again, yeah. check that out for sure. Cause like for most improved, um, you also had bowl bowl and, uh, SGA in there. Six man. Yeah. He also had Bobby Portis in there. Uh, and Jose Alvarado and defensive player of the year. He also had Brooke Lopez and, uh, OG and Jared Allen. Okay. There you have it folks. There you have it. Can I do like one more, like quick spiel? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I want to, I want to touch on the Miami heat first and then we'll get into Boston, Cleveland and oh, then we're out. Jesus. It won't, it won't take long, I promise. But the heat, it's just funny to me. It's funny to me. I get why people are upset that their offense isn't working. But for me, when I watch their offense, it looks exactly the damn same as it has the last two or three years. We need shooters. You have shooters. They're just not making the shots. That's all. That's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be some crazy conspiracy or whatever you're making up in your head. Tyler Hero's having a down, you know, shooting, you know, uh, stretch here. Max Struess is having a down shooting stretch. We know Duncan Robinson doesn't even play. <laughs> they, they just are not making shots. Kevin Love's come in and he hasn't been able to knock down the threes as the, uh, the ways that they've, you know, wanted him to knock them down. They have the shooting talent. It has been proven in previous years. Sometimes you just got to chalk it up to bad luck. That's all. It could flip in literally one month's time. But there's nothing they're doing execution-wise that's wrong. Every time I watch them. They don't need more defense. Defense is great. Their offensive process is good. They have the ninth best three-point attempted rate in the NBA. Oh, we need more shooters. You have shooters. They're just not knocking them down. I'll repeat myself. You have shooters. They're just not knocking them down. Max Struess, last year, 41% three-point shooter. Okay? Duncan Robinson, not in the rotation anymore. A career 40% three-point shooter shooting 32% this year. All right? You following? You following along, guys? Come on now. <laughs> Don't make me break it out. A career 37% three-point shooter, Kyle Lowry. 33% on six, six attempts. 
It's just the luck of the draw sometimes, okay? The process is different. Sometimes it's as simple as it's a make or miss league. Stop complaining, please, please. And they win fine. games ugly. They win games they ugly, do. but they win games. They win close games all the time. They they look like they're going to lose, and then they come back from the dead like the zombies they are, and they hit their free throws, and they don't turn the ball over, and they force turnovers. And the next thing you know, when you think, we've got this game wrapped up because we're up by 10 with four minutes to go, and you look up, and you're down by two with five seconds to go, and then the shot goes in and out, and the Heat win. And, and it happens made, all the time. They made good moves, too. You know, you bring in Kevin Love, someone that's known to stretch the floor. I already explained that I, about the thumb. We, we did this on the podcast last time. Uh, so, so far, it looks like the thumb probably might still be affecting that. Uh, you know, Cody Zeller, I thought, was a really heady move to bring in to, to back up, uh, you know, the bigs. I, I thought that was a good move. But otherwise, you know, Gabe Vincent. Really good three-point shooter, and but he's not like a spot-up shooter, right? You know, these a lot of these guys are pull-up guys. But he even thirty-seven percent last year, thirty-two percent this year. Okay, there's it, there's nothing wrong about the way these are being generated. I, I it just it, it mind boggles me. Say it's bad offense if the shot doesn't go in. That's not correct. No matter how much you're hard-headed, that's not correct. It's like. If a shot goes in, then it's bad defense. No. Incorrect. I watched the Cavs and Celtics yesterday. They were a lot of shots that Boston was making that you were just like, what? It happens. Okay? Bad process? Yes. Get on that. Good process, bad result? Shit happens. That's my rant. Um, did you... We're, we're going to close out after this. Did you check out the Cavs-Celtics game by chance? I saw some of that, yeah. Saw some of it? Okay. Um, really, oh my God, that that first quarter was such a fun quarter to watch. It was just, it was great offense beating great defense. Like, so many contested shots. Uh, the Celtics were firing on all cylinders. Al Horford was out of his mind. Uh, you know, Isaac Okoro had some really nice drives from the corner. Darius Garland started out hot. It was a really, really fun first quarter. Second Can you quarter beat the too. Celtics? Can you beat the Celtics when Al Horford hits six of his eight three-point attempts? No. Like when Al Horford's hitting threes, can you beat that team? No, but that's but that's again that goes back to my example. Oh, it's bad defense. Why is Horford open? I don't know because maybe there's two All Stars on the floor that you have to account for, right? If you're not doubling Jason Tatum, what are you doing? If you're not doubling Jalen Brown when he gets to his spots, what are you doing? Someone has to be open. That's the thing. And there were multiple efforts. I'm watching the game yesterday. In the second quarter, there was a possession where the Celtics passed it seven times. Seven times. Cavs rotated, shut off every piece of water, closed out every three-point pump fake attempt, whatever you call it, forced them on the ground, made its way around to, to Jason Tatum, 14-footer on the baseline. Contested. Made it. Is that bad defense? Well, they scored two points, so it must be. Jackasses. Now, I will say, third quarter, Celtics absolutely bludgeoned the Cavaliers. 
That was a bludgeoning and a half. Jason Tatum was getting whatever he wanted. He was getting to the cup. He was using the 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 step back to the left three point shot. Um, you know, I think you got to give a lot of credit too. Marcus Smart came out with a really big um, game. You said it yourself. Al Horford was prepared from the jump. I thought Robert Williams um, thoroughly outplayed uh, Jared Allen. And Jared Allen did not have his best game. It, it was interesting because Jared. Seemed like he wasn't ready for the ball yesterday. Uh, a lot of times that the guys that they have really good chemistry with just wasn't ready for the ball or the the passes had a little bit too much too much heat on them or something like that. Uh, so that was interesting. Evan Mobley, I thought, played a fine game. Um, it's been so fun to watch his development uh, just as, as someone that's putting his shoulder down and getting into guys and even creating on his own uh, it has been a, a real development. Um what can you say about Donovan Mitchell? Screws up his groin again. Ask JB Bickerstaff to keep him in the game. Goes on to play 44 minutes. Keeps attacking, keeps his head down. Cavs cut it to 13. Celtics balloon it back up to 20. Cavs get it down to 10. Darius Garland hits a couple of threes. It's a four-point game. So Donovan's single-handed effort in the third ended up keeping them in that game. That's the kind of leadership you're looking for. However, you probably don't want to do that in the regular season. Uh, but Donovan wanted to stay in because he didn't want the groin to tighten up. We don't know if there's a timeline or anything like that. If I had to guess, probably sitting Saturday against the Pistons. Um, with that said, it's nice that the Cavs only had two games this week. Literally two. Uh, because they've been playing a lot of three and fours, you know, four and sevens. So having two games in seven days, huge, huge, huge advantage for them to try and, you know, scrounge up some rest. But boy, Brian, I'll tell you, man, uh, there's a lot of people getting on JB's case around here for for rotations. Um, Going eight deep right now, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that because... I mean, you're going to need your your bench to give these guys some rest going down the stretch, going into the playoffs. But the problem is, Brian, when you watch this bench, it is just hard. It is hard to watch one or two or three of Cleveland starters have to be in with one bench player. You know, for example, um, you know, uh, Dean Wade, for example, he's really solid defensively, has agility able to move with guys he actually did a really nice job guarding Tatum in the second game that they played and had the game winning contest on Tatum in that um but he just can't hit a shot right now and he's not taking shots bad sign uh Karis Levert he's not meant to be a three-point catch shoot guy he is more of a you know driver scorer but he's been playing the role of I'm defending I'm playmaking he had a tough night okay Ricky Rubio the guy who organizes everything. He's able to do that. He had a beautiful pass at the end of the first quarter to Karras um, to give the Cavs the two-point lead after one. But physically or mentally or something just doesn't seem to be clicking too much with him yet. Yet. Because there is time. Um, Jetty Osmond don't play. Lamar Stevens plays in specific matchups. It's a, it's a problem. It's a problem and... It's something they're they're going to have to figure out, especially down the stretch of the regular season, but they also have to maintain their position. But 
you can play your starters 35 minutes a night. You can't be playing them 40 minutes a night, man. That's just, you're going to tire them out. You're going to Tibbsian-esque uh, type of, of treatment there. But I thought that I was going to compare yeah. it to the Toronto Raptors, but sure. Oh, sure. No, no, no I get it. Uh, but they need to find a way to work this rotation. In. And here's another thing too, Brian. They acquired Danny Green. Danny Green don't play right now. They're obviously being cautious. I get that. But Danny Green ain't even playing five minutes. Like, he hadn't played, period. So, and that's weird I'm because interested. he had other opportunities, including with the Lakers, and he decided to go to the Cavaliers because when he looked at the Lakers roster, he thought, where am I going to get playing time? I should get it in Cleveland. And that was one of the selling points of him going there. And now he's not getting playing time. Yeah. Really, really odd. I will say very odd. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with the Cavs right now. I still think they're a really good team. I think they can finish in the top four. I really do. I think they can finish in the top four. They're still, as I was mentioning before, I mean, Philly's not exactly like, like Philly's playing a really good brand of basketball right now. Um, they split the series with the heat this week. Um, but they're still only one win ahead of the Cavs. So that's interesting in my eyes. Um, and again, we, we, we mentioned, you know, the Knicks climbing up there. But yeah, I, I'm a little bit off-putted by the Cavs just gassing their starters the way they have. Especially because Donovan played on the, the, the gimpy wheel. And I mean kudos to Donovan for having that will and that fortitude. He's diving on the ground after Marcus Smart um, in a 15-point game. You know, like, that's leadership. That's leadership right there. And, they ha- and the funny thing is they had no answer for him in the third, if you watch that. Um, right. But oh, I saw he, some of that. He yeah. was going crazy. He was. And, again, he was on he was on a bad wheel, too. So um, Darius Garland needs to take more threes, by the way, because those ones he strokes at the end of the game were deep, and they looked good. Um, but yeah, those, those are my Cavs thoughts uh, at the moment. We'll see what happens in this stretch. They got the Pistons, and then they have the Boston Celtics again Monday. I will be at that game. It's in Cleveland. Um, and then they go out and they travel, and they get two in Miami. So how about that? You get two in Miami. If they come out three and two in this stretch, I think that's a win. So they're 0-1 right now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I just want hey, to... Hey, they're, they're a young the team. They're trying to figure it out, but I'm with you. I mean... I think it's too early in the season, even at this point, to be grinding out your starters like this, especially for a team that is not just fighting to get into the playoffs or the play-in. You know, they're, yeah. they've got a good, solid spot. Yeah, 44, 44 and 41 and 40. It's, it's a little too much for me in, in March. If it's January, sure. You know, like, but maybe their approach was we had two games in, in seven days and you know, we'll have plenty of recovery time. I'm not the coach. Yeah. I'm not the coach. And this don't forget, too, the Cavs are, you know, one of the top six, seven teams in the league right now. So what do I know? You know, what do I know? <laughs> and and they just blasted the Raptors, too. So, but okay, that's yeah. enough babbling, I think, uh, for the day. Thank you, Brian, for joining me on our lovely podcast, Keeping It 94. We are on Twitter. I am at Spin Davies. He is at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Interact with us. We love you. You are our audience and you are loyal.
So we appreciate that. It's going to be a fun month of March. Everybody keep your eyes locked onto your television screens. Enjoy the improving weather of spring, especially if you're in the Midwest or the Northeast and not in the South, kind of where Brian is, where he has nice weather all the time. So um, (laughs) until our next Someone is jealous. (laughs) Yes, someone is very jealous. It was 60 degrees yesterday here, and now it's 35. That does a that does some wonders for the immune system. I'll tell you. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And again, until our next edition of Keep It at Ninety Four, you stay classy. Mm-hmm.